0: Good morning everyone and welcome to Monday. Is Monday going to be awesome or is it going to be awful? Welcome to the show. Every Monday we're going to look back at the previous week and we're going to look at some of the things that were awesome about this week and maybe highlight a few things that were awful. So sit back and enjoy the next few minutes. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to
1: Tuesday.
0: Yes, I know that I'm supposed to be on the air on Monday. However, yesterday was such an awesome day, I just never really got around to uh, sitting down and recording the podcast. So today is Tuesday. In fact, it's July 28th, 2020, and uh, as usual, I'm sitting out on the back porch Uh, the weather is absolutely perfect Uh, it is probably right around 80 degrees Uh, i got a nice nice cool breeze just blowing through and as usual i've got another good cup of coffee in my hand Uh, i'm not really sure what blend this is All I know is Gina set it up the night before, I mash the button, and when that little sound goes beep, I put my cup under the coffee pot, I fill it up, and I drink. Today, it's tasting really, really good. I've got a special show for you today. I've got another guest guest that is scheduled to be on on the air with us and i'm looking forward to that but before i get into the rest of the show i want to encourage you once again to subscribe to this channel Uh, i'm not sure where you've downloaded this episode from whether it's from your google podcast or your Apple Podcast, or your Spotify, or wherever that is, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. I hit the notification button, and you will be notified every time there is a new episode uploaded. This has turned out to be a really, really fun show, and I enjoy recording each episode. But before I get started, I want to thank everyone out there who is faithfully listening to this show. Uh, this week we have reached the 150 download plateau. And I got a really neat notice in my email uh, congratulating me for 150 downloads uh so far on this very very young podcast. I can't really take any credit for that because I'm not downloading it. Uh you're the one that's downloading it. So I say thank you to everyone that is listening. This morning I'm going to get right into my story. And uh, this story is actually not about my mother so much. My mother is just kind of a bit character in this story. Uh, but Uh, This story is going to be about my grandmother, my mother's mother. When you think of grandma, you usually think about that, kindly woman that spoils you rotten you come to the house and uh she's already got hot cookies made and uh got an orange soda sitting there ready for you to go she's just gonna spoil you you can't do anything wrong in her eyes and uh that's the picture that most people have of grandma, and that may be your grandma, and I had one like that, but uh, my mother's mother was not like that. My grandmother, Curvina, was mean as a junkyard dog. I'm telling you, this woman was so mean, she scared you to death. Uh, in fact, uh, it's a sad, sad thing when uh, your grandchildren don't even like going over to see you, but that's just the way Grandma Carvina was. She was just really, really mean, and not just the kids. She didn't like anybody I mean, she just did not like anyone. The story starts out, my mother and father had been dating for a little bit and my father had become a regular fixture over the house and uh, every time my dad walked in the house, my grandmother just really would be mean to him, uh, say something really critical to him. Uh, It it was just horrible. And uh, my grandfather, he could only put up with so much of it. And my grandfather one day said to my grandmother, hey, he's going to come over tonight. And uh, listen, I'm sick of hearing you be so mean to him. He's a good boy. And, uh, you know, don't ruin this thing. This is what I want you to do. You are not allowed to say anything to him today until you say something nice. You have got to compliment him on something before he even gets into the front door and my grandpa just kind of laid the law down on that thing and understand grandma she's meaning a junkyard dog and she spent several hours trying to think of something nice to say to my dad and the time came my dad knocked on the door and uh as he's walking in my grandmother stopped and she says jerry Uh, I want to compliment you on something. And everybody, it seemed, just kind of stopped and looked. They were just anxious to see what kind of good thing grandma had thought of about uh, this young man that was dating her daughter. And she looked him in the eye and she said, You're so kind to animals. That was the only thing that she could come up with to compliment my father. Uh, She had spent hours trying to think of something nice to say about him, and all she could say is, you're so kind to animals. That has become a joke in our house uh, for several years now. Uh, When people start being critical one to another in the household, someone will eventually say, yeah, but you're so kind to animals. And we'll laugh and everything's over. There's a reason I chose this story today, because I want to tie this in with our news or what is going on here in our country. Uh, It seems like that we have got into the Grandma curvina stage of history. Uh, It doesn't matter who says what. uh, Everybody's going to be critical about it. Nobody can say anything nice about anyone. Uh, I don't care if it's politics, I don't care if it's about a disease, I don't care what it's about, Uh, we seem to relish on the fact that we are going to be critical about everything. Uh, Can I say something? I think it'd be good for us as a nation and as people to just shut up, just listen, just stop listening to somebody just so that we can find something to be critical about. I'm afraid that this is where our country has come to. Uh, The only reason we listen to somebody speak is because we're analyzing it so that we can correct them or criticize them on whatever it is that is said, uh, and we miss the whole meaning of the message just because we hate the messenger. We just need to stop with all of that because this is not awesome. That is awful. I don't care if you don't like President Trump. I don't care if you don't like Nancy Pelosi. I don't care if you don't like Barack Obama. I don't care if you don't like Joe Biden. I don't care who it is You just need to listen, and uh, you know what? Somebody may say something that's going to help you, uh, but we've gotten to an area to where uh, we just relish on the negative, and we're going to be critical about everything. Uh, We just need to stop with that. Honestly, this is just kind of the generation that we've raised. Uh, This is what uh, is produced from a generation that has not had to work for anything, that gets participation trophies for everything, and uh, you know, uh, everybody is so spoiled and everybody has to have their way that they're not happy unless they get their way. Uh, So what do we do? We go out onto the streets and we start throwing bricks and we start throwing Molotov cocktails and all of that. Hey, uh, let me uh, give you a little bit of advice. Uh, Why don't you go ahead and take a Tide Pod uh, and eat one and just sit back uh, and relax. I'm not trying to be mean here. I've got a specific point that I'm trying to make, and that point is this. If we just spent half of the energy and half Of the time that we currently consume on being mean spirited and being critical and protesting and doing whatever it is we're doing, if we would just take half of that time and invest it into actually listening to what somebody says and investing it into uh, actually trying to do some research or uh, actually trying to implement some of the ideas that are coming forth from uh, some of our so-called experts, uh, we may make some progress on COVID-19. We may make some progress uh, on race relations, uh, but instead we focus all of our energy uh, on being critical and making sure that we've got a good soundbite that CNN is going to pick up or Facebook is going to pick up or somebody is going to listen uh, so that it would lift us up Uh, it's not about us folks Uh, it's about our generation it's about what's going on now we have problems uh, and we need to start looking for solutions stop whining and start doing all right that's my awful for today let's get to something awesome do you know what has happened this week we've got real baseball games being played I mean, we've got baseball being played in Detroit. We've got baseball being played in Chicago. We've got baseball being played in Phoenix. We've got baseball being played in Los Angeles. We've got baseball being played everywhere. And it's for real. They're not scrimmages. They're not inter-squad games. Uh, we are actually in a baseball season. And I have enjoyed watching as much as I can, uh, especially at nighttime. Uh, I usually stay pretty busy. I don't really get to see any games live. But uh, right before bed, I'll uh, tune into the MLB Network and see some of the highlights. And I just really enjoy uh, that baseball. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel like uh, we're getting back to some kind of normal, and it does me good to be able to look on the TV and see these young men just having a good time, uh, just uh, uh, hitting the ball and catching the ball and running the bases. I've had, I have really, really enjoyed that, and I've noticed that uh, in spite of this layoff, there's some People that can still play a little baseball. Uh, There's some home runs that are being hit that are going a long, long way. One of the disappointments of uh, this first week for me was – the performance of Shohei Otani. he is coming off of his Tommy John surgery uh he has not uh actually pitched in uh well over a year and I was anticipating a great great game uh he pitches on Sunday so in between our morning service and our evening service uh when I'm at home uh, I try to watch some of that and uh I follow Shohei Otani. uh I like his story he's just a young manny and um Maybe early 20s, and has got a tremendous amount of talent. However, on Sunday, uh, he gave up four runs in the first inning and did not even record an out. Uh, So uh, that was a little disappointing. The Diamondbacks are are one and three, so that's a little disappointing. But in spite of all of that, uh, it's a great week to see guys hit the ball, catch the ball, and throw the ball. As I said earlier in the podcast, yesterday was kind of a busy day. I normally record this podcast on Monday. That's why it's called Monday Awesome or Awful. Uh, but uh, we were a little busy yesterday, and in, we were busy in a good way. We have house guests with us. Uh, we've got some good friends, uh, John and Terry Sugar, that uh, live in Tucson, Arizona. And they just kind of got a little bit weary and just needed to get away from home. They just needed to uh, leave town just for a little bit and wanted to relax a little bit. And uh, so they have come and they're going to spend the next three or four days with us just kind of relaxing out here uh, at the house and just kind of uh, unwinding a little bit. We became friends with the Sugars uh, way back in 2012. Uh, While I was an evangelist, and I had come back out to Tucson, and I met John and Terry at a preacher's meeting, and we just kind of hit it off. Uh, We've got a lot in common. Uh, For example, uh, we were both in the Air Force. Uh, We both spent 10 years in the Air Force before we got out to pursue the calling of God on our lives into the ministry, and we have ministered ever since. He is pastoring in Tucson. I pastored in Tucson, and uh, we just had a lot of things in common. Uh, Both of our children are about the same age. Uh, They went to the same Bible college Uh, although they didn't know each other there. So there's a lot of things in common, and our relationship has grown the longer we've known them. John and Terry uh, are currently planning a church in Tucson uh, outside of Davis Mothin Air Force Base. Uh, It is called Old Pueblo Baptist Church. Uh, Now, that may seem like a strange name, but if you live in Tucson, uh, that is not a strange name because Old Pueblo uh, is actually one of the names that Tucson goes by, and so Old Pueblo Baptist Church really does connect in uh, with Tucson. Uh, I've been there and I've preached several times and the people there are wonderful people and God has blessed them, uh, especially the last year or two uh, as that church has gotten off the ground and they are growing and they are functioning really, really well. Good morning, John. It's good to have you on the show. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing well. Thanks for having me here. Oh,
0: it's my pleasure. Uh, I normally would introduce you as Grumpy Cat because that's kind of uh, our nickname for you, and we don't really mean anything by it. Uh, For those of you that don't know John, John is actually kind of a happy-go-lucky guy. Uh, He's got a great sense of humor, but he's one of those guys to where he's always got something mulling around in his head, and while he's thinking... Uh, His face goes on autopilot. When his face goes on autopilot, uh, well, uh, he kind of looks like Grumpy Cat, especially with the beard. So we've had a lot of fun with that over the years. This is my happy face. (laughs) Well, um, John, uh, I've already mentioned before that uh, he is starting Old Pueblo Baptist Church and it's going great. Uh, But uh, after he... After he separated from the Air Force, uh, Brother John uh, went his own direction in the ministry. And uh, uh, right after the Air Force,
1: you went to Bible College at Ambassador Baptist College. Yes, I did. And where is that at? In uh, Shelby, North Carolina. Actually, right now, uh, the campus moved from Shelby to Moseboro. Okay. How far away is that? It was about uh, a 20-minute drive. Oh, okay. And how long were you there? Uh, I crammed uh, two and a half years, or I'm sorry, I crammed three years, uh, a three-year uh, Bible degree into two and a half years. Oh, okay, so you was uh, working pretty good. I did full-time school, worked full-time, and then had a family, and uh, we felt like the Lord really wanted us to get to Mexico uh, as quickly as we could. So uh, while I was in school, uh, I tried to focus on the classes and getting, getting through school uh, so that we could start deputation and get down into Mexico. Now, how long was deputation for you? We actually did about three years uh, in total. So it was a year and a half on part-time deputation and a year and a half on uh, full-time deputation. And what year did you finally get down to Mexico? We uh, arrived in Mexico in December of the year 2000. Now, you didn't go to start
0: the church immediately, did you? Did you no. go
1: to language school or something? Yeah, we spent uh, one year in Aguascalientes, Mexico, uh, to learn how to speak Spanish. Uh, when I went down into Mexico, the only words that I knew how to say were tacos, burritos, like we say them here, burritos, instead of uh, the correct way. And then, uh, ¿Dónde está el baño? Uh, oh, so where's the bathroom? That's all I knew. So oh. I knew food bathroom uh those are the important things that was important
0: now you have shared with me in the past uh how you really begin to refine your spanish um by going to the taco truck uh
1: talk about that for a little bit i always thought that was interesting so uh when we it actually goes back to when we were in our home church uh we we were the leaders of the deaf ministry, and we found out that uh, the way that we could improve our sign language was to just go and hang out casually with some deaf people. And so I took that same thought process with me down into Mexico, and for me to learn uh, Spanish or at least practice my Spanish, I would go and sit at the local taco stand, uh, and I sat there for six or eight hours a day uh, just listening to the guys come up and order their tacos and they would chit chat and have a little you know, little conversations and of course the conversation would always come around to the great big American that's sitting right there at the at the taco stand. Who are you? What are you doing here? And so on and so forth and being able to practice my Spanish in in a casual setting with and I'll put it this way, real live Mexicans, not 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 the teacher. Uh, but, uh, you know, being able to talk to the real live Mexicans in a taco stand in a casual setting, uh, really helped my Spanish, uh, a lot. Uh, and so we always had a good time. Uh, and then of course I got to eat tacos. (laughs) Well, um,
0: you had shared with me before that you had told the guy that, uh, whenever I make a mistake, you, you stop me and correct me. Uh huh. And uh, so you put yourself out there for that, did you? I did. And, uh, you know, this guy at this taco stand, what was
1: his name? Was he? Cucko. Cucko. So. And he was a Christian man. Mm -hmm. uh, And uh, so he was more than happy to have me come and sit at a stand. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, and, and it really kind of helped bring him business too because everybody was curious why the American was sitting at his taco stand. <laughs>
0: well, the American was uh eating tacos there and amazed that it didn't taste
1: like Taco Bell. No, mm. not even. There's one Taco Bell in all the country of Mexico that I know about, and it's down in Mexico City, and that's that's
0: really just for tourists,
1: and that's for tourists. Yeah, I uh
0: being Having lived in the Southwest for a long period of time, you really, really learn to appreciate good Mexican food. Yes, you do. And uh, some people, they associate Taco Bell with Mexican food, and that's not really Mexican food, is no. it? No. That's like uh, Olive Garden is not really Italian food. food.
1: You know, it's, it's chain food. Exactly. Uh, What we found out, a lot of the Mexican restaurants that that we were used to in the United States was more of a Tex-Mex. So it was a mix of, you know, Texas and Mexico. So it was, like I said, Tex-Mex. And when we got down into Mexico, we realized they didn't really put a lot of uh, garnishes and stuff on my tacos. The only thing that I had on my tacos was meat and cilantro and salsa and then uh, we would you know squeeze on some lime and that was it uh you know nothing like what you get at taco bell where you get meat and cheese and lettuce and tomatoes and sour cream and then you put the salsa on the top uh no we got real tacos and and I, actually i miss those real tacos yeah um yeah. that we got down there
0: well one of the things about uh mexican food that i found is of course, I spent several years in Tucson myself, and the Mexican food there in Tucson uh, tastes different than the Mexican food here in New Mexico. And it has a lot to do with location. Yes. Because Arizona is just uh, over the border from the Mexican state of Sonora, and Sonora has their own kind of flavor of uh, Mexican food down there, and here in New Mexico, uh, we're we are just north of the Mexican state of Chihuahua mm-hmm. and uh, they have their own kind of taste and here in New Mexico we have a lot more chilies and, and peppers and things like that uh, in that mexican food and uh, i I hate to really offend anybody and if i the, this offends you uh well uh you'll get over it but uh, I like the new mexican kind of mexican food better i just just like the the taste Mm -hmm. i like the chilies in that in fact my wife puts green chilies in everything Uh, john knows this about me but every sunday morning um, and for years i have always had grits and eggs Um, it's been going on for uh, probably 25 years and since we've moved here My wife cooks the grits. She puts the Velveeta cheese in there, and she puts a big old heaping spoonful of green chilies in there. And I'm going to tell you what, that gets you fired up and ready for (laughs) preaching
1: on Sunday morning. I always told uh, uh, our folks down in Mexico when we were there that the salsa frees up the tongue. Uh, It it cuts it loose, and it helps. It helped this this American, and like I said, when I went down there, all I could say was tacos, burritos, uh, the R's like our R's are up here. But uh, when I would get some tacos in me with some of the the red salsa down there, my tongue would be set free, and I'd be rolling those R's uh, like I was from there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, how long were you in Mexico? Uh, We actually spent just about 10 years there. Uh, Of course, our first year was language school. Then we moved up to the city and state of Zacatecas uh, and we were able to start two churches uh, in that city. Uh, got to meet some great men of God uh, that were, uh, you know, already trained in the Bible, and what I was able to help them out was with the practical. Uh, so they helped start the churches with me, and so they got the practical training of starting a church and running a church and... Uh, and they you know you were talking about my Spanish earlier, those guys really helped me out with my spanish uh as well uh and they so I trained them in the practical and then they uh really would train me in the Mexican culture and how to meet and how to greet and how to speak and you know how to to enter a house and how to leave a house and uh there was just a lot of things that they that they taught me. Uh, that really helped our ministry out. Amen. Now, Zacatecas, Zacatecas,
0: is that how you say it? Zacatecas. Zacatecas. Um, from what you've described to me, it's not like a normal Mexican town that an American would imagine. Uh, and where I'm getting at is it's located pretty high up in elevation.
1: Yes, it's about 8,000 feet up. So, So
0: it is... Denver is the mile-high city, so that's 5,200 feet above sea level. Mm-hmm. Flagstaff is about 7,000 mm-hmm. feet above sea level. Zacatecas was higher than that. Yes. And oftentimes, uh, people that aren't familiar with Mexico, we think of Mexican towns as being in the low desert and uh, tumbleweeds going Dusty. everywhere. Yeah. yeah. And,
1: but that was not where you were at. No. As a matter of fact, the city that we were in uh, really could be classified as the San Francisco of, uh, of Mexico, and I'm talking about geographical. Uh, my house, the house that we lived in, had, um, I, I think I counted, it actually had five levels. So I had a five-story house, if you will, uh, and each one of those levels was street level oh and so so of course our house is 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 you know sitting like a regular house but we had a street on the side of our house that almost went uh straight up and so every time that that the street would reach a level of my house that was the second story the third story the roof and then on top of the roof we had another kind of balcony area and then on top of that we had a little laundry area that you could hang your your clothes on so the house really had five levels although it's not livable levels uh i had a work room that was that was on top of my roof that was the fourth level uh on the house and uh like i said it was street level with that that street that ran along the side of our house Uh, so it was and it was always fun when it rained because you would see cars come around the corner and go up that hill and they'd have to get a running start uh, to go up, and those little uh, old VWs and, you know, little two-cylinder, three-cylinder cars would have a hard time getting up the street because they were cobblestone streets. Oh. So they were slick with rain, and the water is coming down that street, and they're trying to go up that street, and so we would see them make it halfway up, and then that car would come sliding back down. And so it was kind of entertaining living where we lived, too. <laughs> Who needed TV, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, um, uh, now,
0: after your 10 years there, God called you to come to Tucson and start a church. Yes. And uh, you picked an area there in Tucson that was so far away from uh, a lot of the other churches. Uh, you actually went through a process of prayer and plotting on a map to see where God would have you to put that church. Yes. And um, of course, I've been there on several occasions and preached for you and you're in a storefront, uh, but uh, it, uh, it is right smack dab in a really, really good spot. Uh, I guess you would call it a sweet spot there in that city. And one of the great advantages you have in that storefront is you're right next to that grocery store that has a Starbucks in it. So in between services, some of your folks just head over to the grocery store and get them a, a coffee.
1: They would get me a coffee. Oh, oh I, I'm They would get them slash me a coffee. Oh, I, I apologize. They, they I get, get us a coffee. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> because here in the United States, it's not salsa that loosens up the preaching. It's the coffee that it's does. Caffeine, caffeine level. Uh, see, um, I don't really drink coffee on, uh, uh, after uh, the services start, or um, I'll, I'll have a cup about an hour before the service, and uh, that carries me through uh, for pretty much the rest of the day. Uh, maybe I ought to try uh, what you do. Maybe that
1: will loosen me up a little bit and, and uh, get me going. Uh, I'll tell you what, and you know this probably better than anybody else, but training is the key to everything. And I have trained my folks that I am an iced coffee drinker. And so, uh, in between the services, one or two people will ask me, Hey, can I get you an iced coffee? Uh, and so it it comes from, it comes from training and, uh. And so, you know, I give them, of course, I give them my card. I pay for it. Uh, but they run. Uh, you know, we used to say when I was in the military, uh, you fly, I'll buy. And, um, you know, of course, that meant that you, you walk over there, you order it, you get it, but I'll pay for it. Uh, and so anybody who goes and gets me a coffee, uh, I will buy their coffee. Uh, but they have to walk over there and get mine. Oh. Ooh, that, see, now that's, that sounds like a
0: good administration leadership uh, there. But uh, it doesn't work here because, as you know, we don't have any good coffee shops here in Alamogordo, at least not yet. Uh, the best coffee shop is the Sen household. Gina set that thing up. I mashed the button. And uh, before you know it, we got black
1: gold. hmm and and I'm liking it. Yeah, I tell my folks, uh, you know, I'm not addicted to coffee. Uh, I believe it's coffee that's addicted to me. <laughs> uh, well. Uh
0: I th- I tell people that all of this runs on caffeine mm-hmm. and uh it's kind of true. The older I get, uh it seems like
1: uh, uh the more coffee is required uh for all of this. You got to get it going, then you got to keep it going. So uh, let's talk about your church for a little
0: bit. Um, uh, Now, over the last year or two, you have just seen a lot of uh, great things happen. You've seen a lot of uh, people come in, and uh, it was almost like you spent uh, a few years just trying to get the foundation set, uh, kind of plodding along a little bit, patiently waiting on God to set some things in order and now God is starting to set those things in order and uh, I know that you and Terry are excited about that Um, your church uh, obviously has got to be excited about that Uh, how are some of your older members those that have been with you a long period of time how how excited uh, can you how
1: excited do you think they are yeah, you know, we talk about it often because uh, there are some times when I'll mention, uh, you know, I talked about this several years ago or we had this man in, you know, seven, eight years ago, and there's only a couple of folks in our church that's been there uh, that long. And, uh, it, and I'll bring up sometimes, you remember way back when it was just six of us? And do you remember when there were just three of us uh, in the church and, uh, you know, five of us would show up? Uh, there were some times when it would be just my wife and I, and uh, and you know, the other folks were sick or out of town, uh, and we look back on those days and we're like, look how far we've come, hmm. and look what the Lord has done, uh, and and you know, you were hitting on the on the point there. I think what the Lord had to do in in the beginning of our ministry was really work on me uh, at as a pastor because i was moving from being a missionary and uh, my only responsibility was starting a church training up a man and turning the work over so i really wasn't a pastor even though i was called pastor uh i didn't you know i wasn't worth with or wasn't gonna be with them for their life i was just short-term training Uh, but i and i think that the lord over the you know, first several years uh, in this ministry, the Lord really had to work more on me uh, to be a proper pastor than uh, to work on, you know, building a church. And as soon as, I, I believe as soon as he got enough of the rough edges knocked off, uh, he, he started allowing the church to grow. Now, he's still working on me, uh, but at the same time, he's also bringing us folks uh really that helped knock off knock off those those rough edges and so they they help they help me grow as I help them grow uh and so again uh you know through the years I think the Lord's been working on the man of God rather than the church Uh, but now uh I, I have to say for about two maybe three years Uh, we've been praying for a certain number to come into our church the first number was 30 that the Lord would bring us consistently 30 and we've hit that number so our next prayer uh, now has been for 50 and uh, in the middle of this pandemic in the middle of this COVID thing in the middle of all the the hype that's going on about it uh, you would think that our church would would you know, go back in numbers, would go down in numbers. But uh, my wife and I were talking about those that show up at the church and then those that are faithful to watch us, those that are members of our church, but have elected to stay home. And we're running really close to 40 now. So really, you know, any time now the Lord's going to gonna grant that request of having 50 coming into the church.
0: Yes, sir. I, I, I see that in um, a lot of a lot of pastors have struggled with exactly what to do during the COVID thing. And I've gotten several phone calls. In fact, for a while there, I was getting two or three phone calls a week from different pastors uh, just asking me, Hey, how are you dealing with this? Uh, why did you make these decisions? How did you come about that? Um, and uh, with, every, with every church, it's different. With every pastor, it's different, but the process should always be the same, and the process has to begin with prayer. Right. Uh, the process has got to include uh, submission to what God wants to do, Exactly. and I've come to the conclusion in my ministry that this is not my church. Right. The Bible says uh, it's his church. This mm-hmm. is the Lord Jesus Christ's church, and he leads, guides, and directs uh, in this. And I'm sure that uh, God would have directed me a little bit differently uh, if I was pastoring in Brooklyn, New York. But I'm in Alamogordo, New Mexico. And so i the only thing that uh, I have felt myself to be responsible for is seeking the face of God and obeying his direction. Exactly. And uh, I tried to bring that out to every pastor that has. Uh, talked with me and, and ask uh, for some input. Um, and that's basically where you have to be on this. But for, for us here in Alamogordo, we've been, uh, we have not been hit very hard with the COVID. And uh, though the governor uh, had us uh, shut down for about two or three weeks uh, since we've been able to open up at a reduced capacity, Uh, But uh, God has blessed, and uh, our attendance uh, has also uh, been very, very consistent. In fact, we've got new families uh, that are faithful to attend uh, that uh, some of our folks that are still at home have never even met. Uh, And God's provided every step of the way. Our finances, uh, our finances are better now than they've ever been mm-hmm. in the whole time that I've been here, Amen. and something that yeah. is a tragedy to our nation as far as the pandemic is concerned. And uh, this pandemic has uh, actually brought in a lot of uh, a lot of anxiety in people by me being able to pray and follow the direction of God. I've been able to lead our people to kind of do the same thing and uh, in not going crazy on a lot of stuff. Uh, we've just watched God do what God always wanted to do. Right. And God has blessed in that. Um, I think this is going to be one of the lessons that every pastor is going to take from this pandemic. Uh, people probably are going to look back and say, you know what, I I probably didn't handle this real well. Hmm. Um, And nobody has handled this perfectly. Right. But for for me, I always want to err on the side of I've prayed about this and I'm following the direction of God. Right. And if I am able to do that, I can look back a year from now and say, hey, um, I just did what God wanted me to do. And that's was my responsibility and uh everything else is in the hands of god and i I hope that a lot of pastors uh will be successful navigating through this right so well i think we're going to cut it off there uh brother john um i know that we got other things to do uh you have been my honored podcast guest you are my honored house guest and i am going to take you up into the mountains of rio doso and uh, we're going to find us a real coffee shop up there use some of our reward points and uh, just uh relax the rest of the day so thank you so much for being on the show thank you and this is why
1: i call you friend
0: Oh, because I'm, gonna, I'm gonna We're going drive. to, I'm going
1: to go into a coffee shop. <laughs>
0: We're going to a coffee shop. All right. Well, God bless you. And, uh, uh before I get out of here, uh, let me put this into the podcast because I'm sure that some of you are probably, uh, wondering, uh, last week I had uh, brother, Mike Staley on as a guest, and you'll remember that, uh, he had just come back from testing and he tested positive for coronavirus uh on yesterday uh, i i called him and uh, he told me that he has now tested negative him indiana are enjoying life again and so thank you so much for your prayers Uh, we look forward to uh, being with you again next week until then may god bless you and may your week be awesome